0: Let's start. Welcome to episode 10 of the Solarian Clan podcast, Thull Notes. Uh, this episode is Luke Ho. I'm your guest host this week, Soren. Um, and hosting with me is Not Disliked. That's me. And we have several first time guests on the show. We have Ace. Ida. Chell. Hello. Poetry. Hello there. And Failsafe.
1: Hello, fellow Guardians.
0: <laughs> that was a, a tough guest to get, let me tell you. So. A uh, quick uh, community and clan update uh, for all you Solarians out there. Um, our Solid Gold Tournament has reached its halfway point, but that's not too late for you to join. We have a catch up mechanic in it, so that if you hop in now and do well, uh, you'll, you still have a chance to win the tournament, and you can still get a good number of points. If you're interested in that, uh, you can check the announcements channel of our Discord, or message one of our admins or just head to Solarian.net and follow the tournament's links to Solid Gold. Next, I want to talk a little bit about a special date coming up later this month. The 24th of September marks Solarian's fifth anniversary of our original founding. Uh, So we're going to be doing a little uh, celebration around. We're going to do some challenges and some events, maybe do some emblem giveaways. we are going to host on the consoles uh, a little retro D1 uh, play as well, uh, because that's been very heavily requested. Uh, and the last thing I want to mention is we just had our seasonal leadership meeting. So there was a lot of good content discussed. There are some um, changes to the community and to the way we do things. Uh, as well as some things that'll really make uh, the quality of life for our community members better over the next season. And there'll be more information going out about each of those specific initiatives and what's happening uh, with the clan uh, in the next couple weeks. So, uh, and with that, I am going to turn it over to Not Disliked to open up the main topic of our conversation this week. Not Disliked, why
2: don't you tell us what we're talking about? Mm-hmm this season leading up to opulent or shadow keep uh luke smith has been doing a lot of writing and a lot of posting on bungie.net uh he's released a three-part series called the director's cut and a single post called uh seasons of year in year three i don't think that's the exact name but um the problem with these is they're really long really really long um and not a lot of the reason why the long is because of the info. It's because of Luke Smith's style of talking. Um, he's a very conversational writer. Uh, so I would still recommend everyone read these posts whenever they can, because I had a good time doing it, and uh, they're full of really good and interesting info about the development of Bungie, or uh, Destiny. But in case you can't, we're going to kind of create this podcast as a way to go over all the changes that he outlines and the thoughts um, that are important and then kind of discuss our thoughts on them so you can get some perspectives on the way Destiny's going So I'm going to start, we're going to start with the first part to the director's cut, the first thing he posted um, This uh, post didn't really talk about much going forward It focused mostly on the lessons they learned from approximately Season of the Drifter onward <laughs> So, the first thing he starts with is an overall thought uh breakdown of how the year went. Um, on a broad scale. He said, The annual pass has done a great job of reducing content droughts in year two and they're gonna continue to shoot for that standard in year three. Although on the other hand, the annual pass was also harder on the bungee team than they expected and was wearing people down by the end of the year. This is partially due how to how they implemented unique loot and progression systems in each season. You can think of the weapon frames in Black Armory, you had Reckoning and the moat system in Drifter, and you had the chalice in Opulence. Um, This repetition and re-implementation of the same system obviously uh, hurt their development time. So in year three, they're going to specifically target to create a standardized set of mechanics that they can reuse every season to uh, allow players to progress without having to have that same load on the team of redoing all their work every season um the rest of the post is broken up into 10 sections just kind of loosely named whatever he named them um and i'm just going to go into them now the first one he thought about he wrote about powerful sources he says that the game currently has a problem where there are too many sources for powerful gear in the final season of year two we are still returning to the dreaming city to run the same story missions every week in year three, Bungie is planning to reduce or disable certain powerful gear sources from previous seasons. This should kind of curate the amount of places that we can get powerful seasons from powerful gear from season to season, and you know keep you from having that burnout on certain types of content that you've been coming back to every year, every season. Um, then we enter the wide section on the drift season of the Drifter. The first part. Uh, touched on this. Bungie is going to have to pick one of the Gambit modes, Prime or Vanilla, and focus all their efforts on that. This isn't because they need to remove content from the game, but it's simply because they want to be able to focus their efforts on one specific Gambit mode to make it the best that they can be, rather than have to maintain two at the same time that essentially serve the same uh, purpose. Um, The second thoughts he had were on the Reckoning. Um, The entire Reckoning at, from an activity standpoint, was the result of Bungie trying to create an activity that posed the challenge to players in the context of the gear present at the time. Remember, this is uh, gear like Skull of Dire Hamkara, Orpheus Rigs, Phoenix Protocol, that was made it really exceptionally easy to get your super back instantly. Um, and you'll remember that after that season, they nerfed these exotics. Um, so you can see why they did that. Um, In designing the Reckoning, they had to break several rules that they keep for themselves about encounter design in order to create the challenge that was present in there. This includes things like they generally don't like to spawn enemies behind the player. They generally include cover for people to hide from bullets and uh, trigger health regen. And they also like to uh, play visual and audio cues whenever enemies spawn to make it very clear There's stuff like the drop ships or the taken bubble bursting or the Vex spawn field, um, things like that. All of these were um, just essentially gone from reckoning in order to try and create this activity that could still be difficult. The third part of his thoughts um, in on the Drifter are as follows as well. Destiny's RPG gameplay and action gameplay are constantly at odds with each other, and balancing the game and creating systems is a constant battle between how far in either direction the games go. game goes. Mechanics that circumvent systems in the game, like Whisper's Reload perk, uh, Luna Faction boots, Rally Barricade, Super Regen exotics, are a huge risk to the difficulty of the game. There is a reason they're nerfed, and Bungie takes full blame for having to nerf them in the first place. They're the ones who put them in that state. It's their fault that they had to nerf them, but nerfing them was also necessary for them as a development studio. Um, then we move into the several parts on opulence. Um, the first part touches on the Pursuits tab. They said the new Pursuits tab in Opulence was a letdown for the community as well as the devs. It didn't hit the expectations, and the intent to create a UI page that served as essentially a work in progress as time went on wasn't clearly communicated. Their intention was to set up this new page in its new spot for Pursuits, and then over in um, later patches, refine the user interface, and then in Shadowkeep, uh, add um, additional functionality, which will be... Um, addressed in a second um one particular quote that stood out uh luke um walked over to the devs the ui designer devs area in the company um they asked him if they if he'd checked the exact exact uh interaction went like this have you read it luke no i haven't please don't um i just included that just because i thought it was really uh kind of <laughs> A precise way of communicating just how attached the, the developers a bunch of are to the game they're making, so when people are you know upset with the um the changes that they make it it is not just um us shouting at the internet you know the but the devs read it and they feel bad about it, not just because we let they let us down but they let themselves down so um but the good news is in Shadow Keep, they're changing the page um quests and bounties are going to be displayed separately. Um, kind of a left column, right column sort of deal. Um, Quest will have the whole description written out like it currently has, and bounties have uh, just the the icon and you have to mouse over to get information. Um, here's the second part, which touches on uh, microtransactions. Microtransactions are crucible, crucial for funding ongoing development of Destiny 2. A prime example, the ornaments for Whisper of the Worm single handedly funded the dev cost. So, you know, the amount of money it took to pay the devs um, during the time that they were making it, um, for zero-hour mission and rewards. So all of that funded just by Whisper of the Worm uh, cosmetics. Super powerful. Um, in Shadowkeep, the Eververse store is actually moving to the director. That way, we don't have to keep going to Tess every time to check up on the, um, the her current wares. Um, they also touched on the separation of um, cosmetics and the game. They say they want to do as good of a job as possible of separating microtransaction content from game loot. This explains the Eververse armor being made ornaments. They want cosmetic items, ornaments, shaders, ships, sparrows, emotes, and finisher animations to come from the store. And cool armor, gear, gameplay-affecting items are to come from the game alone. Uh, He later uh addressed this people were concerned that this meant that um all cosmetic items would stop coming from the gameplay itself he addressed this and said destiny will continue to offer cosmetic type items as loot through the gameplay eververse will not become the only place to acquire this type of gear but this is the only kind of gear that eververse will sell so there you go um the third part he wrote about opulence was pretty simple Uh, Menagerie was really good, and everyone loves it, both internally, both in the community. Everyone's having a really good job with it, and they're going to continue to try and hit that kind of mark with the activities that they create down the line. Um, The final part of Thoughts on Opulence, and the last part in this post, uh, the first part, um, is touching on how content is built internally. Um, Content in Destiny 2 is built in parallel. When one season releases, the following season is already largely done. This means that they struggle to immediately respond to feedback on content between the seasons. Um, this explains why we had such a good loot system in Black Armory with the Forge uh, frames, bounties. You could choose this one you wanted um, or you know, choose out of a few selections. And then in Reckoning, all that went away for a pure RNG, just maybe it drops and maybe you get the gun you want. So that explains that regression. The game is being built kind of different sections at the same time so they can't always respond to feedback immediately. But on the other hand, the chalice in opulence is one of the best loot systems that Bungie has created to date, both acknowledged by the community and Bungie itself. They know of this and they're going to strive to kind of hit the same standard that the chalice hit in opulence in future loot systems. And that pretty much roughly summarizes the part one of director's cuts. So now we're going to go kind of talk through all the thoughts he had in here. Anything that jumps out to people, if you wanna, you can chime in right now.
3: One thing I'll say is the chalice is actually takes the best of both worlds of uh, black armory weapons because you choose which weapon you're gonna get, and then it takes I kind of will say the portability and ease of use of the uh, moat synthesizer because you just do it in your inventory while you're yes while you're actually in the reckoning
2: most that- of the time. That is a good point. Um I don't think he actually directly wrote about it, but there is true that the the thing the reckoning did right is that it allowed you to choose, you know, choose which piece of arm which roll of armor you're gonna be shooting for in your inventory without having to go anywhere. And it also um there wasn't you know, everyone hates the step where they have to just go talk to Ada really quick before going yes. to do the forge.
4: They made Drifter less clingy than Ada. hmm
2: and then in like opulence, this. they just really combined the two really well, and I think that's <laughs> good on them.
3: Yeah, Calus is clingy too. You're right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: uh, one thing that I found really interesting is they said that um, this season or season pack of three seasons without pretty much without a DLC was okay. difficult on a team. And then they went and said, like, we're going to build a DLC in four seasons. And I, 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 that kind of raised my eyebrows. Like, is that not going to be difficult on
2: you? But I guess oh. the point of it is well. that they're going to change the way they built it. So Exactly. Yeah, it, its I'm sure they've been doing some internal restructuring um, to handle this kind of faster turnaround time of content. Um, and in addition, they mentioned specifically that, you know, they're going to try and kind of standardize how they do the loot chasing so it's not you know reinventing the wheel yeah. three times a year four times a year
3: and also i feel like the the dreaming city kind of was the season that came with forsaken and mm-hmm. the tangled shore being the dlc thing
2: if you see what i mean yeah you're it's the it becomes difficult with comparisons right now because shadowkeep yeah, but... and and uh undying are so weirdly <laughs> meshed who knows where one stops yeah, and the other ends, really?
3: So, so uh, the Dreaming City and second campaign. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah,
4: I do hope there will still be uh, unique content to seasons that is not just armor. That they won't just take mm-hmm. the same mechanic
2: and slap new coat of paint on yeah. them and said it's fallen now. I you know. I, yeah, I think it seems like they're going to target uh, creating a new activity every time. I think specifically what they wanted to stop redoing was you know they did maybe they'll have a standard way of like acquiring the new loot chase but not necessarily the loot chase being the same just the way of getting in and getting the loot you know maybe they just like maybe the comparison would be they just had black armory frames except they just changed it to drifter frames and then uh, callus frames that kind of reuse would help the dark team a lot but i again i'm Completely speculative there. That's not anything that they've said or confirmed. Um, just trying to think of ways that they could do it uh, without... Yeah, because obviously they want to make every season feel unique and not um, just a new coat of paint on the same old content.
3: I mean, people have been saying... I think it was the what people were saying was going to be the raid armor, but I'm not sure if that was confirmed or not. Um, apparently,
4: There's like been leaks of other. armors, yes.
2: Yeah, we... The That kind of stuff um, I feel like we'll talk about on a different podcast because for context this that was a big um, thing that came out last week but this one we're just kind of... Yeah,
3: yeah, I know, but you said yeah. slapping a new coat. Co- yeah, on. yeah. You're
2: right. We might see some things like that come out in the new content. We'll just have to wait and see, I think. I'll make down to it about how much is reused and how much is uh, unique. I'd
0: like <laughs> to touch on the powerful sources problem. And I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with, with Luke on that, that, you know, there's too many powerful sources. My concern is that by removing them from the game, like his example, that you, you're still going back to the Dreaming City, running the same three-story missions, you know, every three weeks and doing it over and over again. Unless they're focusing on those locations,
5: mm-hmm.
0: there's not going to be a reason to go to the Dreaming City. I mean, we had this problem in Destiny 1 because this is the way they did it there, right? So it was, uh, it was cut you know, a cutoff basically from mm-hmm. DLC to DLC where you know there was no reason to go to the moon for almost two years, mm-hmm. and it I'm- seems like a waste because it was a beautiful environment, you know, yeah. it was a great place to play. Mm-hmm.
6: The thing, with, I mean... with the Dreaming city the only reason i go there is for the enhanced the chance for enhanced gear because it's either there or raids is the only place you can get the enhanced like hand cannon loader and hand cannon targeter so i've hit max power like weeks after the dlc come out but i'm still right. on my warlock i want an enhanced uh hand cannon targeting and helmet so i'm still going to the Dreaming city first thing on reset every week just to try and just try and drop that and then i'm farming menagerie but it hasn't happened this week but yeah that's the only reason i'm going to the Dreaming City.
4: Hmm? I mean, yeah. my my meme reaction is, Ed, we won't have reason to go to the Dreaming City once the curse is broken,
5: uh-huh. uh,
4: but my serious <laughs> reaction is the fact <laughs> that I don't go to the Dreaming City at all lately, Yeah, uh-huh. and once it a is a shame because it's literally the prettiest place in the entire game.
2: Yeah, that's kind of always the sentiment with this stuff, because Bungie's so good at World design and artistic type stuff. The the worlds they create are beautiful, and then um, the content struggles to get us wanting to go back there. Um, so I think that's yeah highlights definitely highlights a
3: yeah. I mean, it, I guess I'm brain. still running
2: to rate,
4: so there's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: um, up until this week, Mars was kind of not a place people went to, apart mm-hmm. from because the lost sector's good for making black armory frames and things like yeah. that. It was not. Somewhere people came back to to do Mars thing, just like in apparently in D one people did go back (laughs) to the moon for two years.
2: Exactly. Um, (laughs) Same thing. There is a part of his last post about seasons Luke Smith made, kind of gives me hope in that regard about having us go back to old content in the context of new content. Um, We'll touch on that when we get there. Maybe we can follow up on this thought and see what you guys think whether that addresses it. But, Sounds like but you're definitely you're definitely right that it is that's always a thing that they struggle with and hopefully they can that's something it, they can continue to get this better. This
3: is going to sound like speculation, but now I'm not well versed in D1, so people can correct me on this. But Black Garden wasn't that on Mars? I could be wrong. Please uh, don't shoot an- me.
2: The entrance was.
3: Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. So, yeah. And with Mars becoming an good. open location with uh, how new lights going to work, everyone can mm-hmm. visit Mars, right? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep. A lot of the stuff in Shadowkeep could be on Mars. The um, uh, Vex, Undying. the Undying. Okay. Yeah. The the Vex stuff yeah, could be on I Mars. Mean,
2: it, it at least will be involved, I think. it. Mm. It also... I think that would also mostly be a lore thing. I mean, we do know from one of the screenshots in some gameplay, one place or another, that we're gonna, there's gonna be an entrance to the Vex activity on the moon. Um, just on the, we saw it on the map, but that's like, again, like we don't. They said they said it was gonna be a Vex attacking the universe kind of thing, not like a Vex attacking the moon. So maybe, maybe they'll be that's attacking just an every
3: planet, and it yeah. rotates every week or something. Yeah,
2: it'd be, that's a like flashpoint. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's the new
3: <laughs> flashpoint mechanic or yeah. something.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Some some potential ways to do it. Uh, I, you're definitely right that at least canonically, Mars is very relevant to the Vex and the Black Garden. So you know, it it's at least potentially going to be involved. But we just don't know anything for sure about that. We we know less about <laughs> Season of the Undying than we know about Shadowkeep, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. Or anything else. The other thing I wanted to I think point out was just that I know everyone talked about this a lot when this came out. Um, but just the fact that Whisper the Worm Ornaments paid for a zero hour, like, you know, it's really nice to get an indication that the, the microtransactions in this game are actually doing something instead of just going into pockets, you know.
5: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: it's nice to know that they it comes comes back around for us as players rather than just disappears into the that void thing. that is bungee.
3: That's actually reminded me of the earlier point about the Whisper nerf and the now Luna factions nerf as well. The faction's nerf has actually buffed Whisper again, though. Because... Yeah, like, it
4: made it relevant, because that was my complaint about Whisper. If, if
3: they'd released the Whisper nerf at the same time as the Lunar nerfs, we would have been less mad about the Whisper nerf.
2: Yeah, But yeah. more mad in general. Yeah, oh that's yeah, just how, That's just how, uh, how <laughs> nerfs tend to happen. It's all about the context at the time. You know, yeah. Whisper definitely has been useless for a while now, but Maybe the With this, it, it has it a, a place, bit more again.
5: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Is there any other thoughts about this kind of part of the director's cut, or do we want to just move on to the
1: next part? I, for one, I mean, am looking forward quite a bit to the armor ornament system. The Eververse ornaments have always been quite pretty. Be nice if I had a body to put them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do
4: hope it will pay the way for uh ornaments in general, transmog mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. it, and also
2: the best thing, the, yeah. the best thing about the ornaments is that it concretely draws a line between uh eververse and play advantages. Because previously, mm-hmm. Bungie had to, they've, they've talked about this, they had to deliberately design Eververse armor with perks that were not good. You know, they put, like, off-meta guns and non-enhanced perks. Primary ammo we'll finder. Yeah, stuff like that. So on people couldn't armor. buy
3: the Eververse armor exactly. to beat the game.
2: And now, you can't do that because they don't come with perks, you need to you need to have the armor to put it on. So, very, very solid line there being drawn. I don't think now there's anything really tied to Eververse that gives a gameplay advantage. And then a couple, you know, kind of glitchy type stuff. I think, uh, I think ornament gun length. Mm. Range. Some
3: some ghosts do, you know, things like uh, treasure hunter, for example. It's yeah. not yeah a huge advantage, but it's a nice little advantage for farming.
2: Yeah, there's there's some things, and well, maybe they'll work harder to separate things in the future. And this armor was just the first step, but maybe yeah, we'll get good to see.
3: ghost mods. You know? That would be nice.
4: It would be nice.
5: <laughs>
3: Yeah.
5: So,
4: right. Drifter and uh, Gambit Highlander? Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was just a... That was his thing. He used the Highlander. Because there could be only one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I guess yeah. there
4: isn't really a question of, like, which dr- Gambit it's going to be. Like, Reckoning is faster, mm. has more mechanics right. involved. But, like... Yeah. Yeah,
2: um, yeah Prime. there is an argument. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. I, I saw one streamer that I watch a lot recently, Slayerage. He was making an argument that um, the mechanics in Prime uh, are part of the reason why Gambit is struggling right now, and it would be better to start with vanilla and make changes there than to start with Prime and change. Just kind of like a, a, a vanilla would be the quicker path to a better Gambit than Prime would be. Yeah, um, but then his thoughts, but that does point out one specific yeah. avenue for which you would choose Vanilla if you, you know, it might be closer to what your ideal Gambit would look like than Prime is. But, sure, yeah, but is then, when do you leave Reckoning? Starts,
4: okay. it, it's the question, like, you got a, a lot of effort went into a Reckoning, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree. And without Gambit Prime, it serves no
2: purpose. The, the reckoning is already going to be an interesting spot, I think, because if I'm correct... Uh, if I'm correct, both Prime and regular Gambit are going to be free come Shadowkeep, but Reckoning isn't going to be free, right? Because that's Prime going to be. Yeah, I'm. I'm double checking the post now, but yeah, I do recall. Yeah, I don't um, think
0: they're going to stick around as separate modes anyway.
5: So yeah, yeah,
2: that's a very odd distinction.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, Gambit Prime is part of the season pass for Trifter
5: yeah. right now.
2: Yeah, now it's gonna be... it. it they've kind of dug themselves into a, <laughs> a hole here accidentally with tying Prime to the season. Because yeah,
4: like Prime like, and Right yeah, are kind if, of packaged.
2: If they wanted to truly release it for free, they would essentially have to release one of the seasons for free. And also, there's the question Oof. of, like, well, which are... Which of these... Uh, which of these are we going to even focus on? Like, do we even bother with Prime if we're just going to focus on Vanilla? And What about Reckoning in that case? You know, there's a lot of questions that I think they're just, for now, they're just going to do their best to uh, allow both to be playable until they can really focus on one with some, I assume, a uh, tangentially ge- gambit related season this year to kind of add some more re- refinements. Hopefully, in a better way than. Uh, <laughs>
3: Maybe it'll be a very darkness associated season, yeah. and then by extension, the Drifter and his shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just. I August mean. Uh, the fact
4: learned... <laughs> that they said, like, they can be only one makes me wonder if they're gonna remove one of them
2: eventually. Yes. Just. I, yeah? I am confident that that is gonna be what's yeah. happening. Then it's
3: probably going to be regular that will go, if you think about it. because We'll,
2: we'll have to see. Because they did, we'll, they yeah. did leave a, they did leave both on the table as options.
3: Because um. I think you can get everything that you need for Dredgen in Gambit Prime, <laughs> but you obviously can't get everything you need for Reckoner in regular Gambit.
0: Well, I think they're going to uh, bring that together and bring some of the functionality together. Yeah. So if they end up going with just Prime, obviously that would make all of the... Uh, I mean, if they end up going with just vanilla, that would make all prime armor useless right now. But, but all they have to do is add that feature in. Yeah, so. they
2: can they can kind of they can kind of blend it all together and create some kind of you know prime vanilla mishmash and yes. use that as the main one. Exactly. Yeah, they
4: could also like scrap reckoning in the terms of a gambit, and this is yeah. the speculation. And just. Don't tie it to the armor of for prime and just give prime armor for like match and 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 reuse reckoning as something else. Which you know,
3: or, or yeah, maybe have reckoning be uh like menagerie and a way to get better rolls on your armor. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't actually remember where I read this, but I re- seem to recall uh someone saying some dev saying somewhere that one potential avenue to making uh prime armor available would be to have it drop in match completion right so yeah. i think they've been thinking about this as well
3: but of um, course then it's one of however many pieces how many pieces are there
2: oh three
3: rarities is that 48 no yeah, but five I, pieces your
4: rarities could be like tied to like the way you have there. upgraded um, your your yeah you know
3: yeah that, that's fair enough so, there's, but there's even then, let's say you've it. got your max synthesizer. You still at si- it could be any of sixteen armor pieces mm. if it drops. yeah, yeah, but, we for, yeah but we won't be rolling
4: for yeah, but we won't be rolling for perks anymore. So the the kind of randomness won't be as important. Mm, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll maybe you'll plop mode into your most synthesizer in your uh, inventory and out of uh, at the at the end of match you just get that one the same way reckoning that be, right now
2: that would yeah. definitely be a way to do it we'll yeah. have to but complete yeah. speculation yeah, yeah yeah all this stuff is like all we know for sure is that in Gamb- gambit and gambit prime are going to be free in shadowkeep and that they're going to choose one to focus on later on in their development we don't know much more about the details or anything about that just know that that's their plan right now and of course even that could change you know (laughs) as time goes on they could shift their yeah they they don't they're not prescribed to what they say they can these luke smith posts are very much his thoughts right now at the time and they're they're framed as such it's not meant to be hold me accountable this way forever it's (laughs) it's like "Here's, here's where we are right now kind of thing um yeah Let's see
0: if uh, Failsafe has anything else to say on the matter, and then move on to the next topic.
1: I find it curious that the possibility of both Gambits being free and gamb- pardon Reckoning being paid is on the table, but if the armor is moving out of Reckoning, then that would indeed resolve that issue. There's yeah. simply too many questions at this time. Yeah. Absolutely,
4: and it's I don't bunker. think they're going to be really messing around with it this season. At least that's my like. Yeah, I, I kinda... feel like this is like future us problem, and right now just yeah. buckling down on some more pressing issues because Gambit is not a pressing issue.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the AFK other... bots, but not. Yeah, yeah. In general, a lot of other systems to worry about right now with Chatter keep launching.
1: They're always busy.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Do we want to move on to the second part? Yeah, let's no. move on.
0: Not dislike. Yeah, yeah. Discuss the second one.
2: Okay. Second part is almost entirely about two things: armor 2.0 and power level. So, in context of armor 2.0 as well, there's if you're trying to catch up before Shadowkeep, there was a really great uh stream they did in uh i think it was August or July or something. August, I think, early August. Um. So if you want more details about Armor 2.0, that's definitely something to worth watch. But he does a good job of summarizing everything here, and I've summarized a summary here <laughs> as well. So first thing with Armor 2.0. Armor now has an energy meter ranging from 1 to 10. You can use materials and other currencies to level up the energy value on a given piece of armor. So this kind of parallels to master working a little bit, considering that is an incremental thing, 1 to 5. Um but this has a lot more control. Um and, you know, it allows more mods to be put on, which uh, Masterworking never touched. An additional effect is when you hit level 10, um, all of your the, the stats on the armor will get a plus 2 just across the board. Um, so that's another effect.
3: That sounds um, more like Masterwork.
2: Yeah. So it, and I do believe they consider that a Masterwork state, actually. They call it Masterworking when you rank it up to 10. Um, but that's the only effect now. It just lets you put more perks on, and it gives you a plus 2 on each stat, which isn't a ton, but it adds up if you have every armor done so. Um, That's a plus 10 on every stat if you have every armor ranked out. Um, So, you know, very useful. Um, And this energy value is ranked up using materials and other currencies to level up the value. Um, These materials are stuff like Master Records. We also saw two new ones being used um I don't remember what it was called I believe it was a masterwork prism or an enhancement prism sorry and then we also saw ascendant shards I believe Which they're called Which is
0: not new that's returning Yeah it's a,
2: it's a returning thing from Destiny 1 new in Destiny 2 Um yes. we don't know exactly where we're going to get them uh they mentioned the nightfall somehow being involved but there's two, they've been very secretive about the new materials and where you get them so not easy to speculate about that Um, The mods themselves have an energy cost and an elemental affinity. Um, In order to equip a mod, it must be of the correct elemental type, and the armor must have the energy capacity to fit the cost of the mod. So each armor piece individually is going to drop with either a void, solar, or arc attunement. And depending on that attunement, you will only be able to put uh, those specific kinds of mods on the armor. Um, Let's see and also the the one to ten energy thing works exactly how you think there's mods have costs um they've gone we've seen cheap ones i think some cost one to two and some cost upwards of seven to put on um and really you can put on as many as you can fit in the slots that are available and as long as they don't add up to more than 10 you can put them in there um so people saw this in the stream um how there were attunements on certain mods um, because the attunements work like this. Uh, mods like uh, you know, weapon loaders, weapon scavengers um, are actually uh, being split up into individual weapon types. So you'll have a sniper scavenger and a hand cannon scavenger, um, etc. And each weapon type is assigned an element affinity for the mods. So if you have a full void set, you will only be able to apply mods that apply to that, that have the void affinity and therefore work with certain void weapon types. It's kind of confusing to have to describe, but basically it just means that um, depending on your element, the element of your armor, you'll only be able to improve uh, certain types of weapons um, depending on the element. Um, but People were obviously kind of worried about this because this is pretty restrictive to loadout if it's done wrong. So Luke Smith clarified um, later on that um, when anyone logs in, when when people log in a Shadowkeep, everyone will instantly have 11 kind of quote general use case mods to use on their armor 2.0 armor immediately. So these don't even have to be acquired; they'll just be in your inventory right off the bat. And these general use mods are not tied to an element, and they will work on broader. Uh, types of weapons i believe one was light arms um you know maybe a heavy weapon type um these though the disadvantage is they are more expensive so whereas the elemental affinity uh will cost one to two maybe three um these general use case mods will cost four to five so the idea being you can still have broad stroking uh mods improving on your uh improving on all your weapons, but it comes at a cost of energy and potentially not um, allowing you to, you know, apply other mods that are useful in the context. So, you know, a whole bunch of info there. <laughs> uh, if you want, there's definitely sources you can look into this. I'm sure there's a lot of YouTubers who are talking about Armor 2.0 and the details of how it works, but I'll just keep going. Um, the way the affinity system works with specializing in certain weapons actually allows them to kind of and mods in general, allow them to balance armor perks better. Um, this, m- allows, this is because they can change the elemental affinity of a certain mod if it works too strongly with another mod in the same element, or they can improve or raise the cost of the mod if it's too uh, cheap in comparison. Maybe they want it to mean more when you put it on. Um, it gives them a lot more tools to balance things on armor, which is always great to have as a developer. Um, when it comes to the mods themselves, unlike currently where mods are consumed, you can you have a certain amount of them and you can only use them that many times, mods in Armor 2.0 are permanent. Once you get it, you can never lose it and you can use it as many times as you want for free. So that that is a great thing to hear. Um, the armor themselves can roll, still have random rolls. It's not all about the mods. Um, the things that randomly roll are every time you get an piece of armor the initial value of the energy is randomized um all armor can level to 10 but the starting point will be random um also every armor can roll with all three elemental affinities um so if you really want a certain set uh you don't have to worry about that set's element type you can get it with any of them um the other thing that will change is uh the stats that drop on the mo- the armor. So, you know, this is the three stats that exist right now, mobility, recovery, and uh, resistance, as well as the three new stats or old stats being brought up to Destiny 1 or Destiny 2. Uh, intellect, Discipline, and I can't remember the last one. Um, anyway, six total stats. Strength, Strength that's the one. I, I, Sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, I felt pretty good for getting two of them right, I'm honestly... <laughs> uh, so, all six of these stats, um, the armor will roll with numbers in them and they'll be randomized each time. So, if you want a specific stat really bad, you can grind for that armor to have a good roll, a good high value of that stat um, by default. And that's okay. The other good news about Armor 2.0 is that if you can get the legendary armor in the game currently, then it will drop as Armor 2.0. Unfortunately, it means uh stuff from collections is going to drop from as armor 2.0, so you do have to go out and re-earn them. But all the year 1 content and all the year 2 content has been updated to armor 2.0. If you can get it in the game right now, then it will drop as armor 2.0. The obvious uh exclusion from this are you can't get trials gear and you can't get uh faction rally gear right now. Um and so those won't be made armor 2.0. But everything else in the game, if they can drop. It's armor 2.0, so that's so it,
3: it. May it. actually be worth doing ex- escalation
2: protocol yes. again. escalation protocol is probably yeah. Be and very vendors dominant. will
4: finally be will finally buy the planetary engrams again. Yeah.
3: yeah, but then you end up wanting the look of the raid armors anyway because they're some of the coolest.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Boys. yeah, but. But there before- is definitely something to be said for like I still love inside rover vest, but I had to leave it leave it for the uh, front armor because it just didn't have perks, and uh-huh. you know I was really salty about that.
2: Yeah. Before
4: and to- then
2: <laughs> before we get too disgusting, there is still a bit more. Uh, in this, yeah, Oh, uh, sorry. Post. Yeah, no, you're all good. Um, the last note on armor 2.0 he has is moving over to it when you launch in Shadowkeep. Um, he says it's there's nothing requiring you to move over to armor 2.0 uh gear um other than the ability to uh, run whatever loadout you want with the mods you want but um considering people who play this game competitively or actively probably have a backlog of enhanced perks those people might actually find that they're infusing that old gear up to their current power level instead of using the armor 2.0 drops because again we're going to have to re-earn we're going to have to earn all the mods on our gear, and that includes enhanced perks. You're not going to get any from dismantling gear that has enhanced armor on it. So um, it. he he's pointed out that the adoption of Armor 2.0 either is either going to be really fast, if you're kind of a casual player, doesn't care about the perks, or doesn't need, doesn't have any backed up, uh, you might move over to Armor 2.0 immediately, because it doesn't matter for you. But people with a large backlog of really useful perks on their armor might end up sticking around on Armor 1.0 a bit longer than others might. Um, it'll all depend, the amount of time will all depend on uh, where these mods come from, the enhanced perk mods, um, and stuff like that. Uh, we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but just keep in mind. Just because armor 2.0 is in the game doesn't mean it's going to be optimal to use it right off the bat. You might want to keep your old stuff. It might be better. Um, okay. It, Second part. Though, uh, oh, just yeah, a sure. clarification, because maybe you know better than I do. It, What's
0: it, up? Doesn't that mean you're sacrificing intellect, discipline, and strength, though? That is a good
2: question, and I don't know the answer to it. Okay. Um, I was
5: just curious. You did, yeah. I didn't.
2: <laughs> I don't know either. They, I don't think they've actually addressed whether... Um, armor 1.0 will uh get those stats. Get yeah. the stats by default it might be that every armor across the board will have a default value of those yeah. stats yeah um that would be one way to do it but i don't think they have come out and said whatsoever that's actually yeah. a good he was... did
4: he did say that the like the recharge rate we're on right now translates to 30. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. so, so it would probably no. be 30 30 30.
2: Yeah, that would, that would be a good way to do it. They would just make sure all the armor 1.0 adds up to... Each one has six. That would add up yeah. to what we have now. <laughs> yeah. um, but unfortunately, haven't clarified. So we'll have, have to... Either... That would be the common sense thing. Yeah, that's one way yeah, to... Yeah, but do it. it's we'll not always to... common sense. But we'll, we'll have, have to... Yeah, yeah. We'll either wait for them to clarify before it launches or just see what happens when it launches. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happens exactly. Um Yeah, so the other part of this post was all about powerful sources so in shadow keep instead of having sources be soft cap so you know right now um strikes will give you plus i believe it's plus sixes or sevens until you as a character hit 730 and then they will give plus ones and plus twos while the raid will continue to give plus sixes and plus sevens until you hit 750 which is the cap so currently there's a kind of uh situation where all sources are very useful and then right off the bat and then as time goes on and you level up they stop becoming as effective until only the pinnacle activities continue to give good boosts in shadow keep this is changing instead of having soft caps on each individual source each gear all gear drops are going to have a certain strength and that's not going to change regardless of your character level so You'll just have things that are weak drops and have things that are strong drops. Obviously, pinnacle activities, iron banner, potential dungeon, a raid. um, Those are going to be strong drops um, no matter what. Um, But those are going to be strong drops the whole time. And strikes, maybe the weekly strike challenge, those are going to be weak drops the whole time. So just a change in how that's handled. Um, They're also changing prime engrams a little bit. Um, Reminder, when we start shadowkeep, we're going to be 750. Prime Engrams are only going to start dropping when people reach 900. But you can accumulate charges of Prime Engrams, um, kind of like how many are expected to drop in a short amount of time, as you're climbing up to 900. So it's not like they're useless into 900. You just won't see you know the fruit of your labor until you get there. Um, they've also changed uh, Prime Engrams a little bit in that they drop more frequently, but they give a little bit less boost. So just some changes there. Also, world drops (laughs) have had an interesting change. This is actually one that I really like. Um, Currently, world drops, uh, just angrams you find on the ground, um, will always be below your power level. It's like 19 to 20 uh, below. Um, In Shadowkeep, they're changing it such that every world drop has a chance to drop at your uh, average power level instead of below it. Um, This is good because when you're climbing... Uh, up the power level grind gear-wise, you'll have gear that are really strong uh, compared to your average, and you'll have gear that's really weak compared to your average. So world drops actually have a chance of giving you a boost. Um, If they land in the right slot that's kind of been lagging behind the average a little bit, that will be a boost there. Um, Without making it such that you can actually grind world drops for powerful gear grind. So that's really useful. Um... There's also, as I mentioned, kind of casually before, but just to clarify, um, in Power in Shadowkeep, um, the minimum level is going to be 750. So everyone in the game, across the board, universally, <laughs> automatically, as soon as you load in, you're going to be 750. 750 is the new minimum. You cannot go below that once Shadowkeep launches.
3: I think that's only for existing players, existing nope. guardians.
2: But... Well, I mean, no, every that's everyone. When you uh finish the first mission, I believe in the first mission, actually, you'll be 750. Everyone 750. Yep.
3: That doesn't make much sense. Why not just drop everything down to zero and have the max be 250?
2: Uh, because know. there's, yeah,
4: a, prophecy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's
2: the a prophecy, Ace. Yeah. There's a prophecy that when you <laughs> reach
4: 999 <laughs> nine, nine, and yeah. solo Shattered Throne, the, like, the curse will be yeah.
2: broken. That's, that's potentially one reason. But, okay, there's just a little bit more. Um... So this is actually another cool thing. Um, In Shadowkeep, you might have heard there's this thing being added called the Artifact. Um, The Artifact (laughs) is going to be this thing. Added back. Added back. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) As you level the Artifact up, it's going to give you access to some seasonal mods that you can put in your armor. Um, These mods are going to go away at the end of the season. I think he talks more about them later. Um, So I'll brush past it for now. But the other thing the artifact does is every time you level it up, it gives you plus one power level to your average. So that is just and that's cross character too. That's not just for your current active player or character. You can level up your artifact ten times on your warlock and go hop on your hunter and you have a plus ten there. Um he also mentions that uh, pinnacle activities, which includes IB, Iron Banner, sorry, the raid And some redacted new Shadowkeep activity, uh, which is probably going to be a dungeon. That's highly speculated. Um, These are going to be the only ways to get your gear, so not your artifact, but your gear above 950. Without running these, you're stuck at 950. Um, And we know from the marketing materials that the new hard cap of your gear is 960. Um, The power level system, he also went on in this section, I'm remembering now... um, the power level system, as it has, as it works now, they're hoping that these changes will improve things a bit because power level is kind of one of those things that doesn't really work well in its current form. And they can kind of try and improve it over time with these changes. These changes sound really useful. But in the long term, they are planning on reworking the power level system completely. Um, it's just not going to happen in Shadowkeep. Keep. might not even happen during one of the seasons. We might l- be looking at a 2020 expansion type uh you know investment but just look out for that maybe power level is gonna become a lot better at some point in the future but right now these are the changes they're making um all right that was a lot of actual That that's the end of the part two that was a lot of actual new info is there any clarifying that anyone needs done because you know it's harder to it's harder to summarize new content than it is to summarize old retrospective stuff <laughs>
4: I do have a correction. You said uh, um, ammo scavenger will be ammo uh, weapon based, but as weapon based right now, it's ammo finders that will be weapon based. So we won't have special ammo finder. We'll, we'll have shotgun right.
3: ammo finder. It kind of that ammo types can be. So you won't have just white, green, purple bricks on the ground. Mm-hmm.
4: You'll still have one uh, no. it, at least no, in no. in the in the. What the what's the word stream in the stream? Yeah. It definitely still looked like no, it's not going to be Warframe.
2: Yeah. So Ace, what happened? Ace knows what I'm talking.
3: About. Yeah. There's <laughs> what happen- about seven different ammo types at Warframe, for reference.
2: What what happened is they're just making it so that if you are if like let's say okay one faction or one weapon type that has uh, a gun in every slot is actually okay one that crosses two slots I should say is shotguns. There's a there's a purple shotgun, the uh, tractor cannon, and the Acreas, and then there's a whole bunch of green shotguns, and no white ammo shotgun. Maybe thank goodness, but uh, <laughs> so in that case, if you apply a shotgun scavenger or finder um, on your armor, you will get increased green and purple drops. They both get a buff. They just it's if you have whatever. a shotgun equipped. Yeah, as long as you have a shotgun equipped, exactly. It it's basically it just looks at what you're wearing and what slot, and then we'll buff that ammo type uh, specifically.
0: And there's um, one other difference they showed on the stream. If that ammo finder caused an extra brick to drop, which is what happens, that mm-hmm. brick will sparkle on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it'll be easier to see, and you'll yep. know it drops
2: because you're wearing that ammo yeah. finder. And they also they also mentioned that uh, what was it? When it does cause an ammo brick to drop, you'll get a little buff showing up. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Super useful, especially if you like if you if you're low on ammo and you need some and then you see that buff, you're like, oh, I'll just go look for it. Instead yeah, the of
3: the weapon specific ones will be obvious
2: basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very nice changes there.
4: Felsa, if you want to say something? <laughs>
1: Oh. No, I am good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like
2: um, My thoughts are, I think, I mean, armor 2.0 is nice and all, but I think the most interesting stuff to me is the powerful gear changes.
3: Um, Definitely, because it it means you won't just drop out of doing whatever thing that it is you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to do that to get yeah. to all of the light.
2: Yeah. Through the through the well, artifact levels. Yeah. Up
3: to nine fifty, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, but also just the artifact levels are just a constant thing. You know, every time you level up you get a new point. And that's just a a nice way to keep that going. Feel like you're contributing to your character without doing the specific things in the game that drop good stuff. Um and also We're kinda still
3: hunting for that blast. Yeah.
2: And also kind of uh, allows people who might not be able to play the raids all the time, just maybe just scheduling or you know, being up in time zones that aren't common for people. It uh it allows them to just be able to grind power level without having to get a team together. So kind of really good from a casual perspective as well. But
6: there's we still a sort to... of like in Diablo three, the 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 Paragon leveling where you mm-hmm. could just stay on your main character, level the Paragon yeah. up. When you started a new character, uh-huh. Destiny can be so boring going through the story missions again and again and again. Yeah, <laughs> so that just uh, yeah, yeah. boosts that, you that's straight what, up. That's like the Paragon is, is awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And, and, I, and I like it because it's not like it cheapens the achievement of gear level at the same time because there's a clear line between artifact level and gear level still being drawn. You know, you can get to one you can get to power level 1000 either by artifact and your gear being level 900 or you can get 40 levels of artifact and have your gear be at 960. But people can still see which one you are. It's not like it cheapens the achievement of getting to level 1000. It's just an alternative way of getting there. That's a lot more friendly to a uh, people who might not be able to participate in pinnacle activities all the time.
0: One thing I didn't hear you mention that I've heard a lot talked about in the community recently is that there is no cap
2: on power mm-hmm. level now. Yeah. Specifically in terms of artifact. Right. Right. Here, it's still going to be capped at 960. And it's believed that the artifact is going to be uh, logarithmic in that uh, as that exponential maybe actually. Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> Higher levels uh, are harder to get.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like we're gonna have people hitting fifteen hundred by the time the season ends. It's gonna be a whole lot of people at a thousand, less people at uh, you know a thousand ten, fewer people at eleven or a thousand twenty, and then like no one at a thousand thirty. Yeah. Because it just gets harder and harder and harder.
3: Um, The point there about having to redo story missions. That's why I haven't made a warlock yet. Because after doing story missions the second time on my hunter, I got bored. To be mm-hmm. quite honest. Yeah. And sad again because Cade. But yeah, yeah that's why I haven't done a Warlock yet because I don't bother going through all yeah. the two campaigns Red War and Forsaken in this case. The others mm-hmm. don't need to bother, really. Yeah. So New Light will fix that,
2: thankfully. Yeah. exactly. Any give you that fancy D1 upported intro mission <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you can mess around with.
4: Yeah, I wonder if people who already have three characters. Uh will be able to play the mission?
2: They said yes. Okay, oh, that's, cool. that's good to know. I figured, you have to figure with the amount of hardcore Destiny 1 players who moved up to Destiny 2, they knew that they would need to allow an avenue of people to replay that just because it's a fan-favorite.
3: Yeah, it'll, pro- it'll probably be like when you replay a story mission nowadays, like mm. a heroic story mission. Yeah. yeah,
2: I would imagine. That would be my guess.
4: Or maybe, or maybe it's just going to be like a, a one-time... Quest when, like, a calls you in and she's like, oh, Hey, Guardian, it. remember how you started and we
2: just flashback time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, yeah. The other thing I like about this, in Armor 2.0 specifically, is the elemental affinity of weapon types um, kind of subtly nerfs different loadouts without restricting you from using those loadouts in a buffed manner. Because they have those general use case mods that applies to broader strokes but has a higher energy cost. Um, but then, if you want to specialize and kind of add some extra functionality on your armor, you have to obey the the elements affinity on the armor, and that right. kind of they they've they've noticeably separated things. Like I believe, uh I think it was, I can't remember, hand cannons and shotguns or hand cannons and uh, machine guns got separated by element. Um, different things like this where now Bungie has a different avenue of controlling uh meta builds by uh controlling which element they're attuned to and making sure that if you want to run a loadout optimally you can't necessarily go for the just the meta ones. Um kind of a nice way to do it where it's not it's not like you can't run them and you still have the general mods to buff you if you want to, but it's optimal to you know specialize into a less meta build. Absolutely. Mhm.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. Anything else people want to talk about in around here? The have yeah. got a thought on
1: the power levels. If power drops are based on average power level and your artifact impacts your average power level, does your artifact impact your no. gear drops? Not, nope.
2: I, I had the same thought for a while, but they've clarified recently that gear level is what will control the powerful gear drops and not artifact level.
1: That's probably good.
2: In some ways,
3: you could have a huge jump between your gear.
2: Yeah, and that would legitimately—that uh, would cross the line into cheapening the achievements of people who work hard in pinnacle activities because they get the same gear levels. You know, it would—it would that line that I talked about earlier would kind of get less clear. Well, um, but it also.
0: Decreases the impact of having the artifacts shared across all your characters.
2: Mm-hmm. This is this is true. Um, I think having it shared across all the characters, I think, is useful yes. in that. Um, I, I think they they don't want to have everything in the game be individual to characters because that adds a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that's the main point of them doing that yeah anyway unless anyone else has any uh notes let's move on to part three yeah
1: can i read the next section
2: um sure you can (coughs) Mm
1: -mm. excellent all right director's cut part three
4: uh you cut out there yeah
1: yeah here we are yeah Damage number tuning. In Forsaken, the damage numbers we were capable of skyrocketed. This created some issues, such as bypassing the visual damage cap. In Shadowkeep, they are going to be retuning the damage numbers, lowering them across the board. They're not going to be nerfing our actual damage. It is purely a visual change. In addition to the decrease in visual damage, the damage display system itself will be reworked completely in Shadowkeep. The point at which you can't deal damage at all to enemies is being lowered. Four, you could only damage enemies if you were within 50 power level of them. Shadowkeep, that's going to be a hundred, so you've got a lot more room for error. Second, buffs, debuffs, and stacking. Damage buff stacking is horribly broken. All damage buffs will now be ranked, and you will only ever gain the effects of the best buff at any given time. Secondary effects of the lesser buffs will still apply. For example, if you're being buffed by Lumina while in a Well, you will only feel the damage amplification from Lumina, but you will still get the healing from the Well. Debuffs have been retuned, changing the effects and durations of many of them. The Hunter's Shadow Shot now works with heavy weapons, so you can kill things horribly effectively on your own if you're a Hunter. Buffs that apply to single weapons can still stack such as rampage or kill clip or individual exotic perks. Buffs that apply globally do not stack. Next up, the super scaling. Supers in year one were too restrictive. Supers in year two are too powerful. They are trying to redirect supers into the middle of the room. Roaming super resistance is being lowered again orbs will refill the super bar less, kills and assists will refill the super bar less, and all of these changes will apply for PvP and PvE. So that should be less of those arc titans just running around punching everyone to death. (laughs) Heavy ammo will be shared in 6v6 playlists. If somebody opens a heavy ammo brick, teammates in your activity will have a certain amount of time, around 10 seconds, to grab some ammo from the same brick. In some of these playlists, these bricks will give reduced ammo to compensate. Big section on PvP changes. Yeah, <laughs> Trials of the Nine. It wasn't really what they wanted. While well, there were some strong points like the Emissary and the Loot, The overall theme felt weaker, and the stakes felt lower. Trial of the Nine is thus on indefinite hiatus. Instead, they want to add more playlists, without adding so many playlists that population is a problem. So Quick Play and Competitive will be no more. They want to add more playlists, so they'll remove some. Something similar to Quick Play will be the Classic Mix mode which will be not skill-based, and have a mix of Control, Clash, and Supremacy. Competitive mode will be replaced with a 3v3 Survival. There will be solo versions of the same playlists, and both the solo and the 3v3 playlists will reward glory. 6v6 Control will be its own playlist, as they quite enjoy this mode for new players, and this will be coming with the free-to-play. There will be weekly rotating 6v6 and 4v4 modes, where. Other game modes like Clash, Supremacy, Mayhem, Lockdown, and Countdown still show up. Some underperforming maps will be removed from the game. 3v3 Elimination will be returning as a work in progress. It will be missing voice lines and unique medals for the mode, but will be in the Crucible Labs playlist in various configurations. Token Resurrection or No Token Resurrection, various variations on heavy ammo drops. And they are using this period to gather feedback on elimination before they place it into a more permanent home. They're also bringing back two maps from Destiny 1, Widow's Cult and Twilight Gap. Matchmaking will be changing how it handles skill. They are focusing on increasing the variety of skills you're matched with. Sometimes you will be matched into extremely competitive games. Sometimes you will be stopped. Glory will go up and down more quickly or slowly depending on your estimated skill value compared to the game. All point systems will be changed to make losses less punishing to your streaks. So if you lose in the middle of a streak, you will only lose part of the streak instead of the entire streak. Lastly, the evolving world. In year three, they are going to focus on creating an evolving story and world. Changing that world over time such that it feels like a place where things take place. Not just activities, but stories and plot points. In Shadowkeep, something will happen on the moon. Over the season, parts of the game will change until the season ultimately reaches an event. This will exhaust the season's content and set up events for the following season. Year three, we'll see activities that are added to the game for the length of the season, last for three months with new gear to chase, and at the end of the period, some of the activities will go away. Sometimes the loot itself will disappear, but only for a limited time before they bring it back in the future. And that's that for that section. Yeah,
2: here you go. Um, oh. <laughs> the only... That was great, thank you. <laughs> they might yes. one of the... that was That was a longer one, too, so thank you for... Handling that.
4: Also cool. note one new map will be coming into Crucible 2 mm-hmm.
2: there were I I Wanted to follow up that um, one note in the In the director's cut part 3 is that he put emphasis on 9 in trials of the 9 when he said mm. it was going on hiatus um, So basically someone's gonna kill one of the 9 it'll be trials of the 8. Oh, yeah, I, I uh, yes The idea is that in destiny 1 it was called trials of Osiris Right, and so potentially they would want to retire the theme of Trials of the Nine, but bring back Trials, but with the theme of Destiny One or a new one. Who knows? And maybe this is all reading into italics too much, but if, it's something to watch out for.
3: <laughs> if it's Trials of Osiris, does that mean they're going to make Mercury great again?
2: Yeah,
5: well, <laughs> definitely. They <spoil> their
4: opportunity <laughs> to be honest, it. I'd rather have emissary as my. As you know, the person I meet rather than Osiris. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you know, that's just lore things. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: I, so I haven't played Destiny 1, but just the mention of Twilight Gap, I'm just getting lore tingles just going down okay. my uh... spine. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to hear all the Shaxx lines about Twilight Gap. I mean, there's
4: <laughs> no R- uh, map specific lines, unfortunately. Not yet. So... Like,
3: it's Twilight Gap.
4: Yeah, but like it wasn't anything, it was just another map in Destiny 1, right? Uh Yeah, Yeah.
2: it was a good map though. Uh Um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to add was just that all this p that whole PvP section they reiterated and then expanded on in the most recent twab, which was uh, for people listening later, the September 5th twab. So if you care about these changes and want more information, definitely go check that out. There was a lot of good info that we didn't have when i wrote this (laughs) thing up so yeah good worth mentioning and i do i do think um all these changes around pvp type stuff even i i mean honestly this i think this was my favorite part out of the three um that luke smith did just because the pv the pvp changes were all so good to to learn about and know that they're working on it as a mode and you had the pve buff stacking rules change to make uh make pve content hopefully not trivial again you know this these, this is a lot of good stuff in here that i'm really happy to see yeah i mean i think there's a trade-off
0: there you know with the evolving world it, it is a a great concept but it mm-hmm. does create that you know this activity yeah. is only here for a short amount of time. Yeah. If it's something we love, leave it alone. Because mm-hmm. regardless, even if it's not the best activity,
2: someone out there is going to love it. Yeah. you know,
0: some population that, is going to love it.
2: The the stuff on the the evolving world. I wrote up the 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 seasons and year three posts as well. I figured mm-hmm. we we could save the those thoughts because okay. he he yeah. he expands on them on a lot better way. To, the you know in part three is just kind of hey things are changing sometimes, and in part three actually goes in depth into. How you might see them change yeah um but yeah um let's see the other yeah supers oh, so- okay <laughs> uh i
4: i understand that they want to bring down supers a bit uh even if i don't really agree with it i feel like we need mayhem pv activity we need some place where we could just go wild
3: I mean, there is one place, but it only comes around every few weeks, and that's the uh, Battery Acolyte Escalation. Yeah, but program. still, that's, that's what,
4: yeah. Th- there's 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 a whole load of uh, orbs okay. around. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking just give us the super regeneration of mayhem in a PV, or maybe just like maybe not mayhem, but
2: you know, mayhem-ish. Yeah, that's somewhere. Yeah, that somewhere in Blindwell. They they do like to uh... again. That's orbs.
3: Oh no, the harmony. Yeah, yeah. There but is
4: harmony. Yeah, just not... just 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 give us a place where we, there's harmony always. Because like even even right now when I'm running strikes, unless I'm running some loadout that it refills my supers a lot, I'm saving the super the whole way until the boss, and yeah. that's like mm-hmm. kind of a... and, I
5: mean
4: And you know, I, I get three quarters main, of the way through, and it's just it's kind of a bummer to save this thing because. Listen, casting supers feels awesome, mm-hmm. and I do understand they want Destiny to be uh, skill based. But I do also feel oh, like I'll you have this—you have this awesome button—and you're going to be trying to make us use it less
6: yeah <laughs> it's not pve that's the problem though, it's, it's pvp that's the problem and they refuse mm. to balance them both separately right so well, I it's think... pvp where where supers are like you get two minutes into a match and you're thinking yeah no i'm having a good time and then you hit the first twist <laughs> of havoc pop and you're like well that's that then that mm. that's all the skills on yeah gone out yeah again, i and suppose for the rest
2: i i do think that um in this case it wasn't a matter of them not refusing to balance them separately and more so they they maybe just hit, hit two birds with one stone but maybe pve suffers a little bit more but i do think in general pve supers needed to, to be reduced a little bit it was incredibly easy still to just cast your super like frequently constantly i mean
3: yeah
2: and you could save it for the boss for sure but that's more of like a uh the thing to, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a playstyle and it's also it's more that's you you do that when you're worried, you know, when it's when you need the super for the boss, you know. You right. you, you save it if you need it, but then if you don't need it you can spam it whenever it comes up and you see some enemies. And that's that happens too frequently both in PvP and in PvE still. Um so but you're right in general though that I do think Bungie should balance them separately more. It's just in this particular case, I think the supers was a deliberate, both at once choice. Yeah. A... I
3: have a weird perspective on this as a Sunbreaker main because Caliph mm-hmm. Heart huge ability regen if your super's charged.
2: Yep. Oh, so you're, you're incentivized to so hold on. I do the same I thing.
3: Use, <laughs> yeah, I end up holding on to my super anyway, so it's not going to make much difference to well, Sunbreaker mains, maybe top tree Fist of havoc main. But, I don't know why I was... yeah,
2: really now all that solidifies is if you're running a Sunbreaker, you want uh you're now ext- more incentivized to hold on to it than anything else. Because before yep. you could go on a super rampage and then pick up some orbs from your friends and get it all back, maybe it's not a guarantee, but it it's pretty likely. But now maybe you have to think about like, okay, do I actually ever want to use my super here? In which case, that's a pretty strong trade-off for an exotic to. You know where this is exotic if you never plan on supering
3: yeah but know. then you've got like hammer strikes coming so, in fast so you'll be fine yeah.
5: So that's, yeah.
4: i mean that's
3: not really so that's what sunbreakers are useful for
4: yeah, yeah 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 i i do feel like of they they nerfed the super regen exotics and now they're gonna nerf super Region in general and I understand where they're coming from, but I feel like we're losing something special because that moment where, like, running Skull or Orpheus and you pull back Tether or your Nova and blast it down and immediately get your super back fully was literally just the best
3: I, moment. I, I think that's the only like to happen. There should be no a way.
4: place. It doesn't have to be like endgame. It. Just give us a PVE. Don't you don't even have to give us rewards for fuck's sake. I will literally just go to that place just so I can do that well, and just sig- see like, this. Rewards yeah. would be
3: nice, but nothing significant.
4: Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be significant reward. I do feel like we just need a playground for these supers, and that will take the sting
3: of uh, making mm. these Like a mayhem strikes kind of play. Yeah, wow.
4: yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was thinking.
0: They did it Could back a- in D one.
3: I mean, it used to be once a month
0: we'd have the nightfall with the, the mayhem ability.
4: Yeah, yeah. It,
6: Day, yeah. daybreak wasn't it or something? Yeah, daybreak. 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 Yep.
2: I mean, it is great fun. It is a. <laughs> there- it is true that they're also reworking. Um, the nightfall, and uh, they, we've spotted some new modifiers in play in Shadow Keep, so potentially they could bring that back as well.
4: I mean, the next season is season of Dawn,
2: so. No. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, Ward of Dawn buffs all round.
4: <laughs> no, that's down. <laughs>
2: yeah. Don't that's Break a lot of, buffs.
5: That's oh, God. <laughs> yeah, different, different.
3: <laughs> Dawn Break does not need buffs.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: i think annihilated by a roaming Dawnblade enough times. It, it does, does when I play Dawnblade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They have spoken a few times about how they wish to have super generation not be based on your own actions, but those of your teammates, so that you rely on each other. I believe there was some mention orbs. of changes to some of the passive super orbs, such as... Uh, well of Radiance and the tether mm-hmm. to make them more effective in recharging supers for your teammates.
0: Yes,
6: so, It looks well, nice. well, in the Ward of Dawn, doing three orbs instead of just two, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And like those orbs and- were being buffed in the amount of super energy they gave.
4: Yeah, but
2: orbs in general will get give you less energy. Yeah, I think I think it's it's less of a. I think that I think the the math adds up to it being about the same as it was before. Um, but but that's in context of everything else being nerfed. That's good. Like yeah.
3: <laughs> this um, could also make uh, there's a titan exotic, the name of which escapes me, but, but gives you an extra orb on supers. Yep. Uh, someone else might remember yeah. the name.
0: Alpha loopy, Crested
3: Alpha There you go. Very um, much. Yeah, that could end War. up being quite strong with something like Ward of Dawn. Yeah, yeah. I do
4: feel like they don't want you to like exhaust your super and then have your teammate pop super and you get your whole
2: super back just from following them around. Yeah. they they don't want it to be uh use your friend as an ex- uh super regen exotic. They want it to be everyone super's at the same time, and that kind of gets everyone most of the way back to where they need to get the super. So it's like, you know, if you want to super someone down. It, you rely on your teammates to do it rather than just doing it yourself. That was the main problem with the super exotics and what their philosophy around why they had to nerf them was because you norm, they expect you to rely on teammates in order to successfully you know last yeah. super yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. But those just instantly bypass that. It's just do it yourself. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but a lot of times you play with blueberries and you don't really get yeah.
2: with the and eh. yeah, that that's the I, harder part. yeah
4: i'm saying i understand and agree kind of agree everything they're going for with this change i just feel like we need a place where we can get that feeling of
2: ultimate power would you say it's like a
3: that feeling of being a guardian
2: you can understand logically but you're still upset about it (laughs) like yeah like
4: i want that feeling (laughs) like warframe isn't scratching that edge come on
3: <laughs> Sorry, uh, how is the human blender not scratchy that? Because
4: it
2: doesn't have that feeling uh, of just it. It's just different. I would not satisfying. Right, I would want to. I, I think ideally, I do want to wrap up just because we have the, the next one yeah. is the, the longest. But I do think ideally, um, it would be best if Bungie could find out a way to get it so that just casting the super itself it gave that same satisfaction and not the regen of it yeah like find ways because the best part about the regen is the the instant gratification of using your super well yes you know it's like yeah. it's it's not just casting the super which sounds- already should feel good it's the it's the um i've cast i've just casted my super so well that now i have it again kind of thing and if they can find ways to integrate uh you know return of investment type thing or
3: maybe you know, you'll get an extra piece of loot like, maybe you get a currency for super king. And
2: maybe you just
4: get a sound, like, honestly, like, half of it was just a sound of, like, Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> just... yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then a to... recharge.
4: Yeah.
5: yeah. There is
4: uh,
0: one more thing I wanted to bring up before we move to the next one. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem Bungie has dealt with, or dealt with since they launched the game. Once again, they're restructuring the PvP playlists to try mm-hmm. and balance the player population. So that they can have more choices and diversity without you know making it so there's no one in the playlist and you have to wait forever and it's just frustrating it's like hey, pick a model and go with it
2: yeah <laughs> they they tend to um they tend to go too far in one direction every time yes they yeah, I hope they can figure out pvP it, I just w-
0: I'd love to see mayhem around regularly. You know, and I know I'm not the only one that feels that way.
2: (laughs) There's, there's a lot, I don't know. It's a hard, the the PvP in Destiny is such a hard topic because it's a, it's such a unique game. Yeah. Like, I do believe there is strength in having your character transfer over into PvP and have it be like a kind of extension of the PvE context. But absolutely. you lose out on competitiveness, absolutely. You can't yeah. have both. And yeah. so it's... You
3: know, being a titan in the Crucible is pretty much, you've got to have one-eyed mask. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I like, say that as someone who uses skull for.
2: And there's yeah. advantages that certain weapons give that others won't have. And ideally, the, the perfect PvP system for competitiveness would... Have a mode obviously that disables a significant portion of like supers and heavy ammo, and also just give you access to every single loadout in the game. You can just pick and choose from. But the it problem is, you, any other
3: shooter, you, you
2: you lose something there in the connectedness of the game, yeah. where you you go from PVE to PVP, and so it's just like, kind of without supers and just like, being able to pick any weapon, it stops feeling like this yeah like. but then but you get it's yeah that's the problem it's like it's not feeling like that connected world that they destiny is supposed to be Bungie wants it to be i guess mostly but you you do gain it becomes more competitive you can't you know so it's like yeah where do you, how do you yeah it's just it's just unfortunate that it's such a a unique kind of <laughs> game in that sense that it's like and also unfortunate that the gunplay is just so damn good that <laughs> people want to you know it's like it would work so well as a competitive game if there was some kind of offshoot, but as in the current context, that doesn't you know, it I don't think having it be that competitive makes sense.
3: You can't make comp into a proper competitive esports game without mm. it stopping being destiny, basically.
2: Yeah. Right. It's a complex issue. I, I mm. you know, it's 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 honestly fascinating on more than just a gameplay level, just as a game design Philosophy level of, what do you do? <laughs> but yep. it's just unfortunate that not everyone can win. <laughs> not not in a PvP way, but in a get what they yes. want kind of way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Should I right. hit yeah, the final bit? Yep. This is the this is the, I think this final part. Not part of the director's cut. This is a separate post um, called Seasons in Destiny Two's third year. And this, I think, gives more information than anything else about um, how the annual pass is changing, um, how the story content is going to change within the seasons. And so I included this. And there's a whole bunch of sections in here where I'm just going to be reading directly from the article. So it's going to be a bit long, but I think probably the most informative out of any of these articles. So bear with me. the first section he touches on is the evolving world, and he comes back to this later on. Um, but he starts off by saying that the new focus that they're working on is making it feel like the community is contributing to the evolving world of Destiny. You can kind of see this even in the Mars challenge that's going on right now, where people, Bungie sets a number to hit, and the entire community has to work together to hit it instead of just you hit the number yourself. Yep. Um, so it's clear that they're kind of already experimenting with this probably seen more in season of the undying and even here this is the next part in season of the undying the portal to the black garden will be opened as part of the raid he calls it jacket quest i think it's funny um vex are now pouring out of it in collaboration with icora we will and then he just lists a bunch of random stuff that essentially amounts to doing things and then by the end of the season the portals will close and the world state will change and the activity will go away he also confirmed in this uh, section that season of nine will be called season of dawn. So, and on the topic of things going away, he says, while events and activities will come and go as the world changes, weapons and emphasis on this critical to the meta will not be blo- locked by- to the season, and they will return. Ooh. Someone in here messing with this document. Um, sorry. Uh, uh-huh. Um, did you? I didn't do anything. Sorry for yeah, people listening that the document's just kind of being messed with. I'll, a I'll bit. It. Yeah. Let me see. Um, I wasn't in it anymore. I don't know. Can you undo? Let me figure this out. Uh, I think I need to go into. It wasn't me, so I need to like figure out a way to revert changes. Um, on a collaborative level. Probably ideally cut this bit out. Scene uh, changes. Yeah, I'm working do, on
0: do, it. Secur history.
2: Oh wait, I can just go back to a previous version and use that. There you go. Yep. <laughs> uh let's see. Let me find one that works. Alright, here we go. Okay. While well, events and activities will come and go as the world changes. Weapons and this is it uh hi, or, um this is emphasized. Weapons critical to the meta will not be locked to the season, and they will return in later seasons, although not immediately after. So that's like, if a gun comes out and turns out it's really good in PvE or PvP or both, it'll come back. You're not going to be permanently missing out by not acquiring that gun, even if it goes away temporarily. Um, So next he talks about the seasonal artifact. Um, This is just another part of how the the seasons are changing. Um, The item comes with two parts that we've already mentioned. The first part, every time you level up, you can choose a new Armor 2.0 mod that's specific, or Armor 2.0 mod to attach to your armor, Um, it gets unlocked. Um, It also adds a point to your overall power level um, across all characters, and as we mentioned before, this artifact power level is uncapped, although probably slowed down over time. Um, The seasonal mods from the artifact will be removed permanently, or completely at the end of every season, although some mechanics from these mods might show up back in later seasons, or maybe use just as permanent mod additions, depending on how they go. Um, In addition, the artifact power level bonus is also going to be reset at the end of every season. So let's say you hit gear soft cap, and then get to plus 40 on your artifact. Um, Gear hard cap, I mean. Then at the end of the season, you're just going to end up at 960, even if you got to like a 1,010 in the artifact. That's just going to go away. What they're planning to use artifact mods for is to kind of create seasonal trends in gameplay. For example, they might spotlight some mods that enhance grenade launchers or auto-rifles or, you know, maybe trace rifles, get a special mod. Um, All this goes on the armor, for the record. Um, They're also kind of using this as a testing ground for new uh, mechanics, Um, or, you know, maybe they just add a strong mod in. And then it turns out it's so overpowered that it's breaking the PvE. Well, worst case, it goes away at the end of the season. So they don't have to worry about it sticking around much longer. Um, okay. So now we get into seasonal XP progression. They're adding a direct track of rewards each season that is progressed by simply leveling up your seasonal rank with XP. Each re- season will have 100 ranks with varying drops at each rank. There's also a free and a premium track. If you pay for the season, which is... The Season of Undying is included in the Keep purchase. That's how you get access to the premium track. There's not an additional fee. It is included. When you're on the premium track, you also get access to the rewards from the free track. You get access to both. This system is kind of like a battle pass. <laughs> if you've played a game with one of those, Fortnite being a big one. Um, very similar thought uh, philosophy behind it. But the advantage being, it's not additional purchase, you just have to buy the season, which you would buy anyway if you wanted access to the raid, the exotics, activity, etc. So they provided in this article a list of all the things attached to this seasonal rank, and I'm going to read that right now. Season Pass owners get access to a new seasonal activity, the Vex Offensive, which includes four legendary weapon drops, additional weekly and daily bounties, and additional weekly challenges with powerful rewards. It also includes a new weapon quest for an exotic bow, Leviathan's Breath. This is exclusive to the Season Pass owners. This bow is probably the heaven weapon bow mentioned in the Vidoc. Yeah. Um, it also includes a new exotic hand cannon, Ariana's Vow. This is awarded on rank 35 of the free track, but on rank one or rank 1 of the premium track. So pay for the premium track, which is the season, and you get it immediately off the bat. And if you go for free, you have to level up a few times. I
3: think that's suspected to be the uh, sniper hand cannon.
2: Yes, this is true. That's the the thinking there too. Um, There's also three seasonal legendary armor sets, one for each class. Um, Collect a set during the you you collect the complete set during the first 25 ranks of the free track. This is different from it is now, where if you wanted the armor from the season, you needed to buy the season. Now you can get access to it for free. With the free season track. On the premium track, you get all three sets on rank 1. So it sounds like rank 1 is going to be pretty overloaded with a exotic hand and some <laughs> armor sets, but there you go. Um, this armor also drops within the Vex Offensive Seasonal Activity. And if you want versions with higher stat tiers, or you want to roll for a better stat roll, you'll need to play a Vex Offensive to earn them. So... This uh track isn't intended to give you good rolls on the armor. It's just intended to give you the armor and if you want better rolls, you gotta go to the activity to get them. Some other so stuff it, on the Oh what's up? Is it intentionally gonna be seated with bad rolls basically? Um, I believe it's gonna be limited, I think it's gonna be random still, but I think it's going to be limited in some way to ah, okay yeah, deliberately make it, yeah, you wouldn't want, it becomes an, another, if if they went too far on that, that would become another issue similar to Eververse. Pay to win. Yeah, yeah they don't want that. <laughs> I mean, pay to win is harder because it's, it's not like extra fee on top of what you're already paying, but it is a little bit sketchy yeah. that everyone gets the good stuff. But anyway, that's not how a to works, so that's good. Um, yep. So, some other stuff on the premium track only. Three universal ornament armor sets, one for each class. These are the really crazy looking Vex style, if you've seen those going around. Um, There will also be an exotic weapon ornament for Ariana's bow, two legendary weapon ornaments, a new finisher, finisher, probably a new finisher animation specifically. Yeah. An exotic emote, and an exotic ship. Um, On top of. Whatever else is potentially in there. We don't know. This might be incomplete list. Um, so that's that. Um, the, in addition to giving rewards, they also want the people affecting the world and getting loot drops early in the season to be people earning the ranks, not people buying into them. Which is typically how battle passes go, where as soon as the battle pass comes out, people can either grind through it or buy ranks through it with real money. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want the situation to become that the best people in the game will have the season pass com- or the where the people with the season pass completed and uh, which might contribute to the current storyline going on, they don't want that to be paid so there will allow people to pay for ranks in the battle pass, quote unquote battle pass but only within the last, they say, two to four weeks this isn't meant as a mechanism to let people um, skip ahead of people who are not um, playing the game, or who are playing the game. This is just meant as a catch-up. Like, let's say, for some reason that was out of your control, you were not able to play this season much at all, but you still really want the content on the battle pass. When it comes to the end of the season, when battle pass ranks don't matter, you can buy into them and get that content that you missed out on. So, yeah. I don't Um, think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I think this is the better way to do it. And they also mention... Um, the XP needed to level up is reasonable, so it's not going to be like hard to get to a hundred. They said that the internal team testing, the internal testing team, ranked up in one hour by playing strikes with a full stack of bounties at eighteen minutes per strike. That's pretty slow. If you're hmm. not really, you know, if you're not really trying.
3: So uh, basically, all the people in this voice chat will end up being rank hundred by the end of October at least.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd say end of October, maybe mid end of December. I don't think it's going to be fast, necessarily, but it's not going to be, you're not going to hit 100 in, you know, the last two weeks or anything. Right. Uh,
3: I, as long I was as kind of play, making fun yeah. of us that we play Destiny a lot. Yeah, I know. Too much. I just
2: want to, I <laughs> yeah, just want exactly. to clarify, because this is, you know, this is the, the more controversial stuff around it. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, the well-rested buff, if you might remember from right now, where you <laughs> get uh, accelerated XP for the first three levels, um, that still applies. Um, it resets every week, but it is now per account instead of per character. But luckily, so, the battle pass is also per account. So, is it three stacks? Still, um, three stacks. Yes. Alright. Still, three stacks. Yeah. Just, just one set of three instead of three sets of three. Um, the intention with this mechanic is for the most committed Destiny players who start on week one to reach rank 100 by simply playing what they already want to play. If that's not happening, they have the ability to adjust the scale, so they're not trying to screw over people and force people into paying. They they're going they're planning to and they're going to adjust the XP scale if people aren't hitting where they want them to hit. Um, finally. This seasonal rank Battle Pass track thing is going away at the end of the season. So you only have that season to get the rewards on it. Once the season ends, it goes away. (coughs) It even
0: resembles the Fortnite
2: Battle Pass. Yes, (laughs) there is a (laughs) lot of parallels. It's just done in a more healthy, non-microtransaction-loaded way. (laughs) Um, Less epic games, way, you say. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And to be fair, it makes sense because Fortnite's free. This game's not. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. uh, Yeah, anyway. So now, here's a section on free stuff. This is pretty exciting. So we know that New Light is coming, and New Light is the free version of Destiny, and we know at least that it gives access to all year one content for free. They also clarified on this um, exactly what you get for free, so I'll read that off now. You will be able to patrol the moon destination, and also every other destination in the game, including Dreaming City and Tangled Shore. Um, but only Patrol. You will also be able to play the opening mission of Shadow Keep. You'll have access to the two new strikes, as well as, I assume, the rest of the strikes. You'll have access to the Crucible updates that we talked about last section. Two returning PvP maps from the D1 era, Widow's Court and Twilight Gap. You'll be able to play Elimination and Crucible Labs. You'll be able to have access to Armor 2.0. The Seasonal Artifact, which is called the Eye of the Gate Lord, that's something you have access to. You can use Finishers. You have access to the pinnacle weapons. Um, they only mentioned Gambit and Crucible, so potentially the Vanguard one's going away. But you have Maybe access to them as a free nice player.
3: Artifact than the season pass of mm-hmm. that, because that's kind of done in PvE activity.
2: Yeah, exactly. And on the free seasonal rank rewards, you have access to the new exotic weapon, Ariana's Val, the hand cannon. Three legendary armor sets, one for class. Two legendary weapons. Um... Glimmer and Upgrade Modules, and they mentioned Upgrade Modules are sources of free infusion. Um, so when you have an Upgrade Module in, the, in your inventory, you can just spend that instead of the normal Masterwork Cores and Planet Materials, et cetera. Um And finally, there will be Best of Year 2 Bright Engrams in that track as well. This is going to function exactly as uh, the best, best of Year 1. one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I believe also this is how we're going to get them instead of also getting a best of year two engram on level up. We'll have to g- use the track to get them this season.
3: Yeah. Cause level ups are now for the yeah, season pass rather than season for, pass for and no artifact.
2: reason. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so that's that. And finally, um, at the end of this post, um, in an, in an attempt to kind of outline how the seasons are going to change. Sorry. Um, outline how the seasons are going to change in season three or year three. He kind of reimagined Black Armory if it were created uh, as the first season in year three with the same philosophies that you're using in season three. So I'm going to read this word for word. It's it's a bit of a a bit of a read, but I think this is actually really helpful for trying to understand how new seasons are going to work. Um, so that's why I'm subjecting everyone to this <laughs> so um it starts off like this a week before the season begins all players receive a note in their mailbox it simply reads i have returned from the stars meet me on december 4th at 10:15 a.m pacific standard time ada once this note has been given out a small countdown timer appears on the traveler when the timer reaches zero players in the tower see a ship unlike any they've ever seen land between zavala and lord checks. A figure transmed out and walks through the tower, opening a door that had long been shut. Players follow the character through the tower, and figure, and the figure lowers her hood and greets the players. I am Ada, and we have work to do. Season pass and the director is updated. The rewards are revealed, and now Ada and players begin a season-long experience of refining forges in the world, pleading bounties, finding materials, working on black armory armor sets, taking on the new raid Scourge of the Past. In a twist, Zaddo and his group are the first to finish. You read that, not me. (laughs) As players work together to forge weapons early in the track, smithing and building new ones, the room around Ada begins to change. The schematic data from players' work is resulting in new weapons and mods for players to create. These weapons and mods don't all require playing the Seasonal Activity. Some of them are found in new encounters within Strikes. Some of them are forged in Last Wish. Think the Alchemy Lab in Blackwing Lair, if anyone's played well. Um, As the player community plays, Meta objectives are revealed. Once a certain number of players have unlocked ranks on the pass, cinematic, cinematics unlock for everyone to watch. We see the Drifter and Ada arguing over something, pitting the two against each other. The scene ends with Drifter raising an eyebrow at a set of gun cinematics behind Ada. As the season winds to a close, the Drifter begins to summon players to him. He's having a new space build on the tower, and the first people he asks for help are those who, who've earned the title of Dredgen. Now players, begin to, now players begin to gather materials and donate them to fund the Drifter's new scam. The Drifter won't stop talking about the gun schematics he saw behind Ada. Very late in the season, players notice Ada's room looks like it's being packed up. She's leaving. The schematics that sat behind her are missing. Over the course of a few weeks, she packs her equipment and, in an event similar to her rival, she vanishes. Ada, her wares, and her forges are gone. Banshee44 reminds players that even though Ada's gone, she left him the schematics for her weapons and armor, and he'll be rotating them through them over time. And the Drifter asks you to visit him, saying he's got a surprise. That's that. <laughs> I think, and that's really all that uh, was in relevant within this post. Um, that excerpt I just thought was particularly effective at um, <laughs> kind of... In my yeah. brain, the yeah. schematic
3: he's looking at is Hammerhead, and he ends up making Delirium.
2: Yeah, uh, just just something like library. that. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's just that, that excerpt is more useful than anything else to kind of understanding how the hell seasons are going to work in season three without having to spoil any content from year three without these having to spoil any content from year three yep so <laughs> worth reading in my opinion and yeah so now this is where this is i think the most interesting also out of the post because this change to a evolving world is kind of a huge fundamental shift in the style of the game yeah. Um, what worries me
4: is I'm the type of person, I bought annual pass, like, way into Black Armory, and since then, I've been kind of, like, a season behind. Like, I I got all the god rolls from Forges pretty much, uh, like, start of this season. I still don't have Blacksmith. I got Dredgen in, also in Opulence season, and, like, it just, uh, I worry that there's be, there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, fear of missing out and it's just going to lead to some people being burnt out when they work at stuff they don't really want to work right now just because they know it's going to be gone yep. at the season's end. And I feel like that's a dangerous line to thread for Bungie. Well,
3: I think they've said that things won't ever, Things like cosmetics might be permanently gone, like some are now, apart from best of Ngrams. Oh but yeah, like like was mentioned there. Banshee still has the schematics.
4: Mm-hmm. Yes, so, but the forges are gone. So how do you do? I'm pretty sure well, there are I, I, there are triumphs that, tied just... to forges.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think that was some weird wording. I think they probably couldn't remove the forges no, without. This,
2: no, they will. In this yeah, context, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- remember, this is not a a literal thing that's happening in year three. But I, this I know, where, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they they also flat out said um, at the end of season of the Undying, the activity Vex Offensive is gone. It's not coming. I right. guess so, any Vex Offensive Triumphs. One. Um, Triumphs. Yeah, we, we don't know that. Them. We know okay. that the um from the pack build that the there are Triumphs tied to the seasonal content. There's uh, seals, not medals, seals, right? So how do uh, yeah. So you
3: won't be able to get those once in the season is over. That that's a
2: that's the assumption. Right you'll have the, yeah, the and specifically, that's the, uh, and bear in mind they have the power to specifically balance the titles to become more achievable within the amount of time
4: yeah, but then that kind of takes away the 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 prestige of them someone doesn't it
2: it 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 shifts it, it becomes less mm. um
4: it becomes less, less of out. less of like you you did all these amazing things and more like you were
2: there, which I suppose is. It's still you something, know, and it depends it's... on the title itself. Like we could see variance between the seasons of like hard titles to get, easy titles to get, and the the threat of a time uh, constraint does add to the uh, accomplishment if you do get it done. It's like I got this done in the amount of time yeah, they gave yeah. me, and it was hard. <laughs> I didn't wait it, on it. The
3: point kind of thing. I was making about the forges going away is specifically in the case of the black armory stuff. You need the forges to make the weapons,
2: right? They, Whereas
3: with Vex it, Offensive. You, it's a drop from there which could also drop from something else
2: right potentially with the uh in black armory they would design the the lingering schematics to be completed without uh the forges i mean even in the the middle of that he mentioned that some of the for some of the frames have you going to visit certain old content you know the strikes and the 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 last last wish maybe maybe that's how they do it they just keep around the ones that reference that or maybe they port all of the ones over to that you know it's it's it unfortunately creates a lot of questions by doing it this way but it's also really useful as a comparison point illustration yeah mm-hmm.
4: I do hope the game still will grow somewhat permanently you know not not like I, I do I do agree that they they can't just keep spreading themselves and like making destiny this huge 200 gigabyte monster because it's already a pretty big game um, but I do hope there there will be like maybe maybe the new stuff that will stick around will come with DLCs.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and but so the, yeah, the thoughts I have around this are the good content can either be um, adapted or remixed for later seasons or still added permanently. They never said that adding stuff forever was off the table.
3: Right. Um, I, I think there'll be a bit of both of every season. Yeah. There'll be some stuff that is just added to the game, and some stuff and, that's seasonal content.
2: And uh, another potential way I see them adding stuff that lasts is modifying the words world somehow. Like they just kind of drop in a new design of a certain, uh, you know, area. Yeah, like they added say, the like, uh,
3: barge on Nessus. Yeah,
2: exactly, something like that. But like they could potentially go crazier if they um, if they're Uh, designing less of the activity you know maybe the activities are downsizing in scale and then they can focus more on changing the world you know maybe like i had this thought of like the area in the edz at the top left where uh you know the can i i think yeah the 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 cabal ship is landed what if that like what if that is attacked and that area turns to ruin there's like flaming bits everywhere and that sticks around. Maybe the flames go out, but
3: <laughs> that one might have an issue because there's a uh, the, the story the story missions. Right, too. yeah.
2: That that's that's true, but I mean the story I guess that wouldn't work with the ex- uh, ever expanding, but uh content like that. That was my thought. You know, yeah. they can modify the world in like real active ways and keep that around and then um you know, do stuff like that, which I, mean, I think is, we, we've I think kind of really seen that.
3: Um, because the forges on um, Earth and on Nessus, those areas weren't open before. Those right. were areas that opened up after when season of the Armoury came around. That's a permanent modification to the world. Yeah. It's more an addition rather than a change.
2: Yeah, th- this, this season, I think, this year, I think we'll see less additions and more changes than anything yes. else. It's going to be not things being tacked on, but instead swapping things out.
3: Um So basically who else is gonna get killed off?
2: And and my my overall thoughts around this are I totally see this as a a, a something potentially bad. There's, there's a lot of ways that this can go wrong for a lot of people. People who can't play the game all the time, people who enjoy old content, yep. uh people who chase titles like that, um you know, etcetera, etcetera. But I think there's also a ton of potential for this to be a really cool thing. I think oh, the word
4: I'm looking for here is, this is bold. Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. It innovative. has potential, <laughs> and as everything that has potential to be great, it also has a lot of potential to just crash and burn. Yep. But I feel like yeah. if, if, if Bungie wants to go and just start doing, like, um, and just start taking risks now that they're independent. I say more power to them. On the other hand, I say that this works best when you update your game a bit more than Bungie currently does.
3: You trying to use me as an example again?
4: Maybe yes. Fortnite. I am. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I yeah. don't Fortnite. know Fortnite, but I know Warframe had some really bold decisions, yes. like open world stuff like that. But yeah. Warframe also has the 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 flexibility to just pivot on a dime.
2: It is no secret that Bungie's path turnaround is slow and costly. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And, and, <laughs> I would hope to see them increase the frequency at which they patch things, at least in a uh, uh, balance. I had I had a thought that they could have a, a TikTok kind of patch schedule and mm-hmm. double the amount of patches they make in that context, where they have one one patch, the uh the tick. I think that's how mm-hmm. it that goes. Yeah, it's like but I think
3: this is thing that's different. Bungie keep it unified across all platforms.
2: Yes, they yes. It's the same thing, oh, the same thing. But- yeah, so the the console certification yeah. is an issue, but it's not that the turnaround oh, not
3: that big. Fast, an issue.
2: No, it's faster yeah. than people think. Um,
3: yeah, but the problem is they have to go through that process for every update. <laughs> um, this is again a difference with Warframe. Warframe, yes, the console updates go through cert, so they're rarer. They're probably about as rare as as um, Destiny updates. But on PC, you get if something releases and it's buggy, there'll be hotfixes next couple of days.
2: PCs are it. beta testers, essentially. Yeah. yeah and you can't like, do that with Destiny, especially yeah, Cross save. Now you're right; yeah. they, could, they could absolutely not do that with Destiny. I, I do hope that in general they can speed it up. And I think yeah. the 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 um the would allow for a two week cycle with a TikTok pattern, where you just have uh, damage, a damage a numbers change patch and then a content change patch uh, you know which would also potentially include number changes but that would just allow them to pivot quicker than they can now on the the stuff that they can fix quick and I the would, stuff that's longer term would would take a while but it has to
4: I would definitely love to see more updates that are pretty much just response updates like they do something and then the community just goes like uh, absolutely batch it because it was a bad decision because Bungie does make those. Uh and then the next update, that's like two weeks later, they're like, okay, we may have fucked up. We're we're changing this a bit in a, in a, in the other direction.
2: And and Because credit, right now
4: like yeah. Oh, yeah?
2: It, it, to their credit, they do make changes when they can, like uh yeah. server side changes when they're available to be made. Are made promptly. I mean, I remember the the forge release. Um, was that a server side change? I feel like it was. Oh,
3: the Baguia thing I, where no one could find it, kind of. Well,
2: yeah, there was not... like the the forge release was uh, happened, and everyone jumped into the uh, the, forges oh! jumped into the, uh, the forges and oh, way too hard. And I yeah, feel that like was I remember. Side. The, yeah, they they made a server side patch later that day or the next day. They just the next day, bumped, yeah, bumped down the power level by five, and yeah. then. In the patch, made some wider changes, but they, they tried to change what they could. It's, it's just the problem is also, of course, the game has a lot of uh, local uh, stuff that can't be right. modified but... So I guess the the answer is just keep more stuff on the server. Yeah, no. that's, a, that's a whole, a whole development. Yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah. Obviously, of <laughs> trade-offs. That's... Yeah, but so the they, do, they do it. W- yeah, okay. <laughs> they do it when they can, but. Of course, they can't do it all the time. So it's—I yeah. I guess my point there is, it's not like they—they they don't want to. <laughs> I mean, no, quickly. definitely. It's just they it's truly just, cannot. Yeah.
5: they're—I
4: don't feel like they're equipped for that. I—I I, I no.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right.
4: Uh, also, an interesting note with the new light, you said that Dreaming City will be able to be patrolled, which I found interesting because unlocking the dreaming city is part of the forsaken quest line so what does that mean for the whole like the, the awoken talisman and stuff like that like the,
2: i don't know how the awoken talisman is going to work specifically. you're still
3: going to need that for wish ender, yeah. ender.
2: yeah um uh, in the larger context the uh all the planets are going to be separated from unlock Quest. so dreaming they specifically mentioned the dreaming city when they were talking about this in the the by reveal um that yes, you'll be able to get to the Dreaming City. I assume what'll happen is um, if you're playing through the Forsaken campaign um, at a certain point, you'll just get gifted the completed Talisman. And that's how that will work. But um in terms of... Yeah, like, there are some other planets that are tied to a... You know, like, in Year 1, there was... If you wanted to go to Titan, you had to grind to the right level, and then you played an introductory mission to Titan. And there might... I guess also... For the record, there are the access to planets is going to be through a quest line. They stated this: if yeah. you want to get access to the moon, you're going to have to play through approximately a two-hour quest line, um, which will unlock all of them like one at a time. You'll know, like Earth, Titan, Nessus, I- Io, Nessus, Mercury, Mars, Shore City, Moon, in that order. And I mean you get to
3: unlock Mars again, that's always it, fun.
4: It, it would be weird for like a new new player to just be on a on a on a dreaming city and then decide oh, I'm gonna buy. Forsaken and play through the campaign,
3: and Spider just gives you a talisman, like, oh, this secret place. And you're like, you mean, you mean yeah, the place? There's gotta be some reworking of some lines, I guess.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, that's, I, I was thinking right now, while the Drifter, not the Drifter, the, the Spider in Petra are gifting you a talisman, like, are, are there lines spoken or are they written? Although, to be fair, I don't think Bunchy is going to modify
2: either one, because... I think what would actually, what we would actually see is them just removing the lines altogether and just popping yeah. it in your inventory with a... maybe with a vendor interaction. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, this, there will be some... some of the story will be chopped up a little bit. I don't think much has to happen for it. And they're just going to present the previous campaigns as like a replay thing, where it's like... You know, oh yeah, you can you can go play through this if you want. It's like a kind of reliving the campaign type deal rather than a actively participating in the uh, Red War or whatever. Yeah, storyline part deal. Um, maybe which, maybe they'll so,
4: frame yeah. maybe they'll frame Forsaken as like a flashback once someone buys Forsaken or I don't know. I mean,
2: they probably frame it the same way they frame uh, replays through raids, which is not. They just say this isn't canon. Go do it. <laughs>
3: wow, apart yeah. from Lost Wish.
2: Yeah, yeah they, and even you yeah. get fancy with some and of them, somebody. but stuff like Eater of Worlds specifically, that vex mind isn't getting stuck in there multiple times. He's just unless,
5: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean,
4: mean that, that Valka probably is,
2: probably is probably not getting cloned and yeah, constantly, exactly. so, yeah,
4: like so it's uh, yeah, yeah. and Scourge.
2: It's going to exist in that same, uh, canonical s- space where it's like this isn't technically real, but this is what happened, and now you're li- living through it. You know? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah it, there, there's like there's there's gameplay and story segregation, despite bunch of best efforts, and
2: just kind of how it has to yeah. go. And, and we'll just have it, to deal with it. It's worth it in this case because the accessibility is so great. Yeah, people who you want to you know show the game off to can just hop in regardless of where you are.
4: Yeah, I definitely I do feel right.
2: like Dreaming City is a big selling point because pretty and. Definitely. And on yeah. the dreaming cities uh, topic, it's like, um, so yeah, on the on the dreaming cities topic, it's like the that's one of the longest investments currently to get to. I mean, it is the longest place to unlock. You mm-hmm. have to go through all of your one and all of forsaken. And even if you had to go through all of forsaken, that's still like well, you a good. Don't day have to do Mars and Mercury. That's true, but even still, it's like. The campaign, is,
4: Forsaken uh, Campaign, extra post, for s- Forsaken yeah. Campaign unlocking.
2: It's it's a cool it's a cool thing that people are going to be able to play with us. You know, if we want to introduce people to the game, we can just you know get them in there, Pop them down. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is where this is well, where I'm
3: at. Right now. Ten, I'm doing some stuff here. But otherwise, yeah. And yeah. It, and it, uh, yeah. So this is also, a tangent. What if like. Maybe we'll get like a season of The Awoken and we'll return to a dreaming city in a big way. And maybe we'll break the curse, you know, because everyone's saying blah blah blah. Um, what's it? Called? Power we'll level, to get to that pro- power level, yeah. Prophecy level 999, yeah. I
4: do like something's gotta happen. Like, even if it was a total red herring, I don't think we're gonna break the curse, but even if it's total red herring,
3: maybe like, we just to kill Marisol.
2: I agree there, yeah. Something's gotta happen, like it's. That's my thinking too. With it, like Like, I don't care if it's like, regardless of the questionable nature of that lore book, where none of it or all of it or some amount of it is real, it's like Bungie rarely calls out a specific gameplay relevant thing there, or it's like go do this in this way at this level, and something happens. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but maybe they're doing that.
4: (laughs) To be fair, we in this voice channel right now are uniquely interested in lore, uh-huh. in compared to wider oh. populace. Like, how many people even have the lore book, and how many people actually I mean, read
2: it? That's that's true, but also it's part of Bungie's thing with like one person triggering things for everyone. I mean, that's just how the that's how the raid worked in Last Wish. I'm sure they're gonna do that more. Oh, Niobe Labs. Um, yep. if, it, if it worked, not Labs would have done that. Um, there <laughs> yeah. was uh, things like that in... Um, I don't think Drifter or Opulence had anything like that. I'm sure they're planning more in Shadowkeep, just because of how wildly successful it was. In-
3: Basically, first person who finds nightmare of Cade...
2: Yeah, so, uh, it, something will happen in it. there for the first person in there. Maybe there's a boss, maybe it's just an event. And then something will change for everyone. Yeah,
4: yeah we- we'll get a cutscene like the ones you get when you first arrive in Dreamic City. Uh-huh. Which I wonder if the new light players will get, huh? Interesting. Well that's was- that's an interesting thought. Yeah. I
2: I do hope on that it's like they include cinematics in some rewatchable way. But that I'm sure they can. They have the capability too, they just don't have the infrastructure right. of the UI setup yet. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> this is it's the the changes they're making with the structure are like oh the
4: yeah also uh I like the I wonder as we're we're getting the battle pass thing now will we still get um bright engrams for each level because I know uh, there's uh, bright engrams in the loot okay. pool of the pass but do we get
2: one each level we don't know up. for sure but the common thinking is no right. Um, Big F but I think my the part. levels are
3: smaller. Keep in mind, it only took the devs a, it took the devs an hour to get one level.
4: Still, this means you pretty much have a hard cap on how many uh bright engrams you can get. Yep. And maybe
2: uh, a maybe that's over you buy them. maybe, <laughs> you buy <them>. maybe <laughs> them. we'll give them. I don't mm. know.
3: Yeah.
2: What, was they're that not just like maybe overleveling the season will drop them?
3: If you get to 100 and exactly. then keep going. Yeah. 101 Bright Engram, 102 Bright Engram. Yeah.
4: Yeah, you know what? I'd be fine with that if it's really like a hard cap on seasons supply of Bright Engrams. Then like that's sorry, Bungie, but that's yeah. not
3: cool. Yeah, like, like currently the thing is you can buy Bright Engrams or you can play the game a lot. But if yeah. it becomes just buy, that's going to be a dick. Yeah, yeah, that unless that would most be a, cosmetics be a cool. are also available through other methods like vendors and whatnot.
4: I don't think no, it's like, you know, there's gonna be um like I don't pretty much Eververse will be our s sole um I don't think stuff that's in Eververse will be in other
2: Places. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that, I think. And and do remember also that there are changes coming to how uh bright dust works in Shadow. Yeah. Boot, where... Dismantle
4: your bright dust stuff, people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Very important. For... This is
4: public announcement.
2: <laughs> yeah. Very important for optimal uh currency acquisition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. I'll have a few shells to dismantle before. Drops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anything uh, else I'm you actually to... using at the moment? I... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is there anything else you wanted to touch on in this whole post?
1: I'd say that she left. What'd you say, Nif? In the context of the living world and the trials and stuff feels like some of the people in the world have been used an awful lot, and some people haven't. Like, Osiris this, the emissary that. Maybe I want to have a trial. Maybe I want to get people to blow themselves up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would so play the trials and fail
3: safe.
1: Yeah, oh my it, it, god.
3: It's, it's an arcade game.
4: <laughs> no. Oh it's my like god. Donkey Kong. That'd be so amazing just Fellsay's like egos uh, arguing with each other as you're slaughtering your way through fellow guardians. <laughs> <laughs> hey may maybe we need to get uh failsafe as a commentator on our um uh what's the word? Crucible, clan crucible tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God! That that lures some people in. Uh, no,
5: nah, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I that's... will say
0: that, you know, if they bring back
5: Trials
0: of Trials of some. Well, yes, Trials of Fantasy would be amazing. But I just hope that, you know, whatever they do in Year 3, I I hope that they put a little... And it seems like they're putting more thought. I hope they put more care in than what they did to some of Year 2. Osiris was a great character in the lore, and they just ruined him with that DLC.
1: I
3: wonder, because it's gone... So Osiris was... Trials of Osiris were Year 1, right?
4: Uh, It was all of Destiny 1. Also, we're talking about Osiris, and this is completely unrelated, but I'm still salty because, like, there was no reason why they would have kicked him out of the tower. Right, right. (laughs) Like... We didn't get to see it. Like I'm chewing my way through everything that has Osiris mentioned in Ishtar and just like he made some books and neglected his duties as a Vanguard commander and they kicked him out and I'm like
3: Like that's that's grounds for him to be demoted, but not to Yeah, out definitely
4: demoted, but like like this it's just notes. and another reason why the speaker is evil
3: in my notebook we're getting into law hall territory yeah now. yeah yeah.
4: this you, you you gotta stop because otherwise yeah. i'll just get into this and we're never gonna leave this place
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah did anyone have any last things we talked about this pretty extensively
0: <laughs> yeah no that was great i really appreciate you uh covering this in such detail uh not this oh yeah
2: And honestly, there was some stuff that I, some stuff I didn't, I probably left off. Some things that came out since then, you know, I guess if anyone listens and wants to know more, get more clarification, you can always just ask in Discord, and someone or I will, you know, (laughs) tell you whether we know or whether we don't know about any stuff coming in Shadowkeep, because we know a lot, and hopefully... We, don't we also don't know a lot. Yeah, we we know a lot. We don't know a lot, and hopefully we don't know a lot because and we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Generally,
4: very hype. Mm. Very, very hype.
3: <laughs> just yeah. That's just because you just want Sabathun to be there, isn't it, Joe?
4: No, Sabathun's <laughs> not gonna be there. No way. <laughs> no way. And, and Nutron isn't also is also not going to be there with Salt, but
2: it's, not. Not. Sorry, it's not, it. not nutrient They didn't they didn't say no, they just uh dodged the question. <laughs> I expect and...
0: you're gonna go back to the stream as well, since we're going back to the
4: mode. Yeah. In the Black Garden. They yeah. did kinda like dodge it in the
2: no direction. I don't know. They were just like, Oh, you, whatever, Eris Morn though.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Who knows, <Eris> <laughs> mate? See, as Eris Morn is someone that's come back, and like we're revisiting things, right? Yep. Yeah, maybe you know. Once it comes around to well, presumably D three rather than D two year four, that's when we'll get Neutron Solve. and Major you know and
4: To be fair, Eris Morn definitely has a connection to Solves to Mara and yep. to you know, Good like. <laughs> She, she she worked with them to take down Oryx. With, Who knows, so. Maybe
3: the... Uh, <laughs> all is, with them. The Bungie have been hiding as a pinnacle activity has something to do with uh, Neutron
2: Solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have no idea what it could be or whether it's even considered part of Vex or Shadowkeep.
0: Alright. Well, thank you all for uh, joining us on uh, this episode of Soul Notes, episode 10. So, uh... If you're interested in finding us, we are now on even more platforms than before. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and now we're on Player FM, Pocket Cast, and several other very prominent podcasting forums. So tune in next time. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good day.
1: See ya. See ya. Adios. Farewell.